Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. What's going on, Oceans Church? How you doing? Hey, good to see you. You can go ahead and have your seats. So good to be in Orange County. And uh, so excited to be with you and uh, awesome to hear from the Traminos, my goodness, anointed and uh, powerful. And so, uh, man, God's, God's doing something in Orange County. I don't know if you know that or not, but God's doing something special. And, um, you, you know, you, you, can, you can come to church a lot of different ways. And uh, I really believe this is we, the, we were never called to be spectators on what God is doing, that these are never supposed to be grandstands and this is supposed to be the playing field, but we're supposed to be participators in what God's doing. So today, I got good news for you. You're in the game. And so uh, we get to participate in what God is doing. And so uh, already since the presence of God so powerfully here. And so uh, we love your pastors uh, with all our hearts. And uh, Pastor Mark and Rochelle have been such good friends to Jamie and I. And uh, I, I was talking with uh, the Traminos before, the, before this service. And what's crazy is I was telling him, when we were in youth ministry... Mark would share about the church that was in his heart to build and to plant. And I mean, this is like, this is years and years ago. And he said things like, God spoke to me that we will make a difference uh, in California, that God would raise up high-level leaders and influencers and politicians and educators. And God, literally, before there was, before there was tents. There was a dream in Pastor Mark and Rochelle's heart that they believed in. They heard from God. And can we just honor our pastors just for a second? You're grateful for Pastor Mark and Rochelle. Come on. We love you guys. It's awesome. I know you, I know you love them and you know they're great, but, uh, you know, it's, it's like um, sometimes you can, and I don't think you do this, you can get familiar. Um, people all over the world uh, love your pastors, and uh, Pastor Mark is incredible. I, I've been watching back some of your some of your last services as Pastor Mark's been preaching on the impossible. Come on, my faith has got stirred up, and uh, I started believing bigger. I felt, started feeling like I didn't have enough faith, and uh, so I got saved again. And uh, I'm I'm excited uh, to be here. We we do pastor a church uh, in Texas. Uh, it was a small church until 2020, and now we're exploding. Uh, thanks to California, and uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, I don't know if we should receive the people that are coming or not, because they're kind of like traitors, you know? It's like they left y'all. Uh, no, they're good people. We're, we're teaching them, and uh, doing, doing little, little discipleship. Uh, I, I was called into ministry when I was 19 years old. Um, I had an encounter with God when I was 16 and uh, came to a place in my life uh, my dad was a pastor. I grew up in church, and uh, I prayed this prayer, God, if this is all there is, um, then I just want to do my own thing. I see my friends out doing their stuff and partying and, 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 and just living their life, doing whatever they want to do. If this is all there is, just coming to church, checking the box, then I, I'm, I don't know. I kind of want to experiment. I kind of want to do some other stuff as a 16-year-old. And uh, that night, it was a Monday night. It was some rev- a revival meeting. Uh, pastor Benny Perez was in the house. And um, I had an encounter with God at 16 that changed the entire trajectory of my life. And uh, at 19 years old, I was called into ministry. I I never wanted to preach. I never wanted to lead a church. Uh, I just always kind of did it and was around it. Uh, But at 19, I was called to it. And um, I I just want to just say this. I feel this strongly this morning is whatever God's called you to is the place God's empowered you to win at or to succeed in. So whether that's in ministry, whether that's in the political arena, whether that's in education or entertainment, is that God would never call you to a sphere or to an arena that he has not anointed you to walk into. God's not going to call you to do something just so you fail. God's already prepackaged you with everything that you need in order to walk into that environment and be what God's called you to be. And so I want you to know that. I, I feel the power of God this morning. I think God's going to do something special. We had an awesome first service, but I think God saved his best for last. And um, 
I'm, I'm excited about. I want to welcome everybody watching online. We're so glad you're tuning in. And uh, Pastor Mark, you mentioned your mom. My mom's watching too. She just texts me. She texts me. She's watching me. So hi, mom. And, and um, I don't know how old you got to get before that stops, but she's still watching. So I, lo- I love you, mom. Keep on praying. I need it. Uh, my wife and I, uh, Jamie, she's here with us. I'm so blessed. Um, have amazing wife. We just celebrate our 15th wedding anniversary. And, um, man, I'm just so grateful as the years go by uh, for a teammate and uh, for, for a partner in crime. Not in crime, really, in the kingdom. Uh, wrong joke. And um, just so grateful for her, and, and uh, we're so grateful to be here uh, with you. And uh, I, we do pastor uh, in, in Texas, which, if you didn't know this, Texas has great faith. And um, it, they're Cowboys fans, and so... That's why. That's, that's where. You thought it was the Bible Belt? No, it's because the Cowboys. Um, yeah, COVID, COVID disappeared about April 2020 in Texas. Um, in fact, I met a guy. Um, I met a guy. He swears he had it in 2015. He said it just didn't catch on and, you know, whatever. But um, whatever. Hey, I, I got a word for you. And uh, I want you to go in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, and um, I, I, I want to read this story. It's a familiar passage of scripture about Jesus and his life and ministry, and um, I, I, I want you to look at this, and we're going to look at it through a little different lens because I want to continue what God's already doing in your community into tackling the impossible, but I, I want to just fuel your faith uh, a little bit. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, it says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Now, I have a problem because I can't usually read through the whole scripture without interrupting and uh, stopping just for a second. But I want you to see this. This guy came to Jesus asking for help. This was not a beggar. This was not a loser. This was not somebody that couldn't make it in life. This dude's got people underneath him. He is a man of influence, a man of means. Uh, He's a centurion. He's got soldiers underneath him. But he came to Jesus asking for help. I want you to know this. You may have came into the tents today. You're watching online, and you may have everything going in your life. But if there's some area where you're suffering, some area where you're feeling lack, I want you to know you don't have to tackle it on your own. That you came into a place of faith today where we believe anything is possible. And this man came to Jesus, and he came, and he said, I I need some help. He said, Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? Now, I love this about Jesus. He says, man, my servant's at home suffering. Jesus like, you want me to come over? I'll just come by the house. I'll just drop by. You want me to heal him? Jesus is willing. I don't know where we got taught this theology that says that we have to overcome God's reluctance to try to get him to move. Friends, Ian Bounds, who is a master teacher on prayer, he says prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It's laying hold of his willingness. It's, man, God's willing. He wants to move. He, want, he, he says, Jesus is like, oh, your servant's suffering? You want, me to, you want me to come over? Shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word. There's something powerful about the word. There's something, there's something powerful about the words that Jesus says. He just says, just say the word. And my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And he said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Pause. I'm going to help you on this, okay? Because usually preachers just skip this verse because it's like that's not very encouraging on Sunday morning. There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus was speaking to a Jewish audience that believed that they were saved because of their geographical location or because of their ethnicity. And Jesus said, the kingdom that's coming is not for those just who live here. The kingdom that is coming is for anyone who would believe in faith. 
I want you to know this, whether you've come to church or never come to church, that when you come to Jesus, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, good or bad, righteous or evil. If you come to Jesus with faith, he says, come on. He says, there will be some people that will be excluded because they don't believe. This is not about being good or being perfect or having a good track record. This is about believing in who he is. And then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And it's, I'm just going to pause one more time. Just as you believed it would. Who believed it would? As you believed. As you believe. Let me ask you a question. What are you believing about you? What, do you? what do you believe about the state that you live in? What do you believe about your family? What do you believe about your marriage? What do you believe about your business? What do you believe? He says, it will be done just as you believed. And it says, and... The servant was healed at that moment. At that moment. I don't know about you, but I like things like at that moment. I like to see that in the Bible. I like immediately's. I like suddenly's. I'm an impatient person, okay? So if we're going to do the impossible, let's just do it now. I like, I like things right now. My staff have to put up with me because I'm kind of like, I don't understand why you would wait. I'll say, let's do this. And they're like, I'm going to put that on my agenda for three Fridays from now. I'm like, just do it now. Like, like, meeting's over. Just go. I mean, like, let's just do it. I was on Amazon Prime this morning. Amazon Prime this morning. I'm scrolling, and, and, and I, I'm looking at, at something, and it says uh, delivery options. It says by 3 p.m., by 10 p.m. I'm like, hold on. Why would anybody choose anything other than 3 p.m.? I mean, are, are some of you all really waiting a couple of days for the packages? If it says 3 p.m., just uh, do it now. Sisters and Sarah was healed. I had that. I like that kind of world. I, I, I like that. You know, how, I don't know if you've ever felt like this before, but I read a lot of suddenlies, instantlies at that moment in the Bible. But in my personal life, sometimes it doesn't really feel like the miracle's coming by 3 p.m. It feels like I know he can do it. I know he wants to do it. I just haven't. You ever been stuck in that tension? of a promise from God, but I just haven't taken possession of it yet. You know, it's interesting when God gives us something, he gives it, he, he's a little tricky sometimes. He see, when he told the, the, the Israelites he was going to give them the promised land, he's like, I give this land to you. And then they had to go overcome the Jebusites and the Hittites and the Canaanites and everything else. It's like, well, all of these, all of these things, I thought you said you gave it to me. I mean, that, that's a kind of a tricky gift. Here's a gift. Now see if you can claim it. I'm going to tell you this, your journey of faith is sometimes like this. It's that God gives you a promise. He doesn't, prom- he doesn't just hand deliver the gift. He hand delivers a promise of victory in the battle that you step into. This is how, this is how he works. Well, I know we want it now. I, I want to talk for a couple minutes from, from this thought. Because um, I, I, I was, um, from this thought, walk, walk it off. You ever had a coach like this, just walk it off? I, when I was growing up, I, this is like almost like T-ball. I was playing baseball, and I had a speech impediment. I couldn't say my R's. And uh, there was a bully named Arthur, which I could never call out because I couldn't say his name, and he'd make fun of me more. And uh, he always crowded my on-deck circle. You know, it's like you're on the on-deck, you're next up to bat, and he would always, oh, Arthur would be pulling up, and, and uh, he'd be in my on-deck circle, and I'd always try to tell him, well, I stopped telling, telling him to leave because I couldn't say his name, and then he'd make fun of me some more. So I didn't say anything. He hit me in the eye with a bat, on accident, on accident, Arthur, because I couldn't, I could, I was too embarrassed to say his name. He's in my on deck circle, hit me in the eye, and, and everybody's had this coach before. My coach is like, just walk it off, Dawson. Walk it off? Can you walk off a black eye? I don't think. I think that's for like ankles or something like. Just walk it off, walk it off. You know, some people in their Christian life, their Christian journey, they think it's just like a walk it off faith. Like, I'll just walk it off, brother. Someday the rapture is going to happen. Jesus is going to come back. Pastor Mark already talked about it for a suffering, sad, barely making it church. You know, I, I want to I just flip the script. This is not about walking it off. This is about walking it out. This is not about limping to the finish line. This is understanding there's victory to be had for the people of God, and we've got to stir ourselves up and go get it. That there is a miracle on the other side of your faith, and though there may be a process, we've got to believe and stand and walk it out. 
We got to walk it out. We got to walk out. It's, it's interesting that this, this, um, this centurion, when he comes to Jesus, and, uh, and, and he understood authority. He understood kingdom. He understood what he we, we don't understand kingdom nowadays. We understand democracy. But in, in those days, they understood kingdom. And the centurion understood kingdom. And so this is what he said to Jesus. He said, listen, you don't need to do all this stuff like come to my house. He said, just say the word. He said, I understand how a kingdom works. I understand that if you say the word, this will happen. The kingdom is a governing influence of the king over his territory, impacting it with his will, his purpose, and his attention. Did you know that the primary message of the New Testament was this? The kingdom of God is here. John the Baptist came announcing that the kingdom of God was coming. Jesus came announcing that the kingdom of God was here. John the Baptist said there is a kingdom that is coming. In fact, Matthew 3 says the kingdom of God is at hand. It's close. If something is at hand, that means it's within reach. And then Jesus came, and the Bible says in John chapter 1 that in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter 1 verse 14 says that Word took on flesh. That's our Jesus. And when Jesus showed up, the kingdom showed up. When the kingdom showed up, there's a new set of rules. Old set of rules, you get sick, you die. New set of rules, you get sick, and he can heal you. Old set of rules, something happens in your life, you're paralyzed, you have a disease, it's because of sin, because God's judging you, new set of rules. It doesn't matter if you're paralyzed, doesn't matter if you have leprosy, doesn't matter if you're oppressed, Jesus can heal you. Jesus set into motion a new kingdom. Now this is important for believers to know. You know, there's a lot of believers that don't know this. we, We operate under natural law. The kingdom operates in supernatural law. So it's really important to know how to enact the kingdom, how to, how to grasp or bring the kingdom to earth. There's, there's a couple elements of a kingdom that are really important. There, to have a kingdom, you have to have a king. Right? I know, I know. I was homeschooled, all right? So, to, have a, to have a kingdom, you've got to have a king. In order to have a kingdom, you also have to have territory or a place, a land. In order to have a kingdom, you have to have a people. You can't just be the king of a territory. Like, I can't be the king of the parking lot unless the parking lot has people. Then I can be, I can be king. All right, that'd be cool if we were still doing that these days. You got to have a people. In order to have a kingdom, you have to have a law. There, there's, there's rules to a kingdom. And the law is determined by what the king says. Whatever the king says is not an opinion. When the king says something, it becomes law. So it's important to get into the presence of the king and to hear what he says, because whatever he says becomes law. So this would relate to us as believers, because it's not about just begging God to trying to talk him into doing something. It's important for me to get into the presence of the king to listen to what he says, because what he says he has power to do. God's not throwing stuff out there that he doesn't have the power to do. God's not throwing out the proverbial carrot in front of the believer that says pray for healing and you might get healed. And so that motivates us to serve him another day. God doesn't say that to motivate us. He says it because it's true. If God says it, it is true. The law of a land is the word of the king. The law of the land is the word of the king. And a kingdom's culture is established by the king's word. The culture of the kingdom was determined by whatever the king said. If you want to live an impossible life, you're seeing God do the impossible and the supernatural, then you have to know what the king says. I've got to know his word. You know, in in the Old Testament, they sent, Moses was attacking, uh, they were moving into the promised land, and this is where God promised to give them the promised land, right? And so they sent in 12 spies to check out the promised land. And 10 of the spies came back and like, we can't, we can't do that. There's giants there. Uh-uh, not doing giants. That's how I am like with animals. I'm like, I like to hunt, but I like got to stay a long ways away. Like, I don't think can, I can say that in California, but um, I, like to, I like to go to the petting zoo. I, 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 I've, got, I've, got, I've got my limits, you know? And they go in, they said, there's giants there. We can't, we can't go in. We saw them. We saw them. 
Now, Joshua and Caleb were a part of the 12, but these two, when they came out, they said, yeah, God said we can do it, we can do it. Now, I'm sure there was confusion because people were wondering, did you see what we saw? They did see what they saw, but they also heard something that the other 10 did not hear. And because they heard that God would give them the land, they had no fear of what they saw in it. I'm going to tell you something. If you've got a word from God, you don't have to fear about what's happened in your family, what happens in your culture, what's happening in our state. I don't have to fear what I see if I've already heard that God has a plan, that revival is coming, that a spiritual awakening is about to hit our nation and hit our country. I don't have to fear what I see if I've already heard the word of the king. Come on, if you believe it, why don't you give God a little bit of praise? I've got to hear his word. I've got to hear his word. You know, too, too many people, too many people are focused on on the word of the world. So I'll take the word of the world and inspect the power of heaven. No, you don't get the power of heaven unless you're listening to the word of heaven. I don't, I don't get the power of God unless I'm listening to the word of God. I can't expect the power of God to jump on the word of the world. The world's telling you don't have a chance. The world's telling you you're stuck the way you are. The world's telling you you better just get content where you are because this is where things are going to be. The world's telling us your state doesn't have a chance. The world's telling you, the world's, if you get the word of the world in your spirit, you will be consumed with worry. But if you get the word of God in your ears, you'll be full of faith. And the church of Jesus Christ should be full of faith. It should be full of hope. It should be full of courage. It should be full of anointing and audacity. Taking ground. Taking cities. That's the church that Jesus wants to build. That's what he wants to grow. The 12 spies went into Canaan, but they, the two believed the report of the world. Psalm 107 verse 20 says this. He sent out his word. And he healed them. He rescued them from the grave. He sent out his word. There's really something powerful about God's word. If you're going to live an impossible life, you've got to have a couple things. One, you have to know your authority. The, the centurion knew his authority. He knew what he had authority over, but he also knew what he didn't have authority over. And he came to Jesus and he said, I need some help. He said, I have, although I have success in all of these areas, in this area, I need a power that's higher than me. He admitted, the only way you're going to have authority is by accessing God's. Uh, you can have your own natural authority over your whatever, but when you want to walk in God's supernatural power, you've got to line up with God's supernatural word. I've got, I've got to get his word on my situation. The centurion knew that he had to come to Jesus because he knew Jesus had a power that he didn't have. The world needs to know that when they come to you, they don't get you. The world needs to know that you have authority because of who you go to. I can come to oceans because I know I get Jesus. I can come to you because I know you'll show me Jesus. We got to know our authority. And our authority is by knowing his word. Not just knowing it, but I'll give you a second thing. I got to know, I, gotta, I, have no, I have to know my authority, but I also have to declare his word. That's where some believers kind of get stuck on this. I've got I've to declare his word. That means say it. Say it. Some of you are like, man, I just like to kind of think it. That's fine, but you can't say it in your head. Because that's not saying it. That's called thinking. All right? So let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Not think so. Not meditate so. Not think about thinking so. We say it. When you come to Ocean's Church and you hear people using their voice, this is not some cheering squad for the band or for the preacher. These are people that agree with the word. We're not saying amen to a person or to the band. We're saying amen to the word. I'm going to declare out of my mouth, life and death are in the power of the tongue. I am agreeing with what God said no matter what I see the world can look bad, but God's word says he's good. My situation can look bad, but God's word says he's good. I can be sick, but God's my healer. You can be dead, but God's the resurrection and the life. Friends, that's what California needs is a resurrection of the people of God that declare his word. 
Declare his word. Declare his word. Now, y'all fired up this morning. Sit down for a second. Declare his word. We don't just think about the word. We declare it. We need to be a loud church. We need to be a faith church. We need to be a passionate church. You know, I had, I had, I had a family in my church a little while back. They said, Pastor, uh, you know, I, I just didn't know this was like one of those faith churches. I said, what would you prefer us to be? A doubt church? Like you can't be like a semi-faith church. It's like, what do you want? Man, Pastor, it's a little loud. What, what do you prefer? You want to be quiet? You guys are passionate. What, do, we, we don't ever think this stuff through. We just throw our opinions out there, shoot an email to the pastor, and let him know. Like, it seems like it's a little passionate. What do you want, passive? Like, what do you, if I have to choose passionate or passive, if, if I got to choose dead or alive, I'm, I'm choosing live. If I got to choose loud or quiet, I'm choosing loud. You know, there's only a couple, there's a, only a couple quiet stadiums in sports. And it's when you're losing. I, I'm just telling you. I'm telling you. The church of Jesus Christ should have no quiet Sundays. It should be loud. It should be rowdy because you win. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We are more than conquerors. If God be for us, who can be against us? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. God's your protector. He's your light, your salvation, your refuge, your shield. He is everything he's said to be. Come on, Ocean Church. I got to declare his word. Man, you got to be careful up in this 11 o'clock service. My goodness, they didn't tell me you were like this. I've got I've to declare his word. I have to, lastly, I have to trust the king. I want, I want to close with a, just a collection of thoughts about this because I want, as much as I want to motivate you and stir you, I want to help you. Because I think when I was growing up in Christianity, people didn't talk to me about the journey. They only talked to me about the at that moment. And so I'm always looking for my moment, but I was disappointed sometimes in Christianity because it felt like everybody else got their moment and I didn't. So I was trying to have faith and trying to believe for the impossible, but it seemed like my moment never came. And so I want to help you theologically wrap your mind around this process because it really is that. It really is a process of faith. It's why Paul said to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. He didn't say, stir up your enthusiasm and passion for a moment. He said, you're going to have to fight. He would never tell him he had to fight if there wasn't something to fight. He would never tell him he had to fight if it wasn't going to be difficult. It says in verse 13, if you can put it back up on the screen, I, I would love that. They did in the first service. These guys are amazing back here. It says, then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. Now, this is really powerful. What you're, we talked about this. What are you believing about you? You know, some of your worst critic is the person you look at in the mirror in the morning. You've got to change what you believe about you. You're more than a conqueror. You can do this. You are equipped for this. I felt this in my spirit before between services in my heart is that somebody had been called to ministry and they, you were doubt, even doubting yourself. And I felt the Holy Spirit just speak to me to just remind you that you've got to believe what God says about you. You're not your failures. You're not your past. You're not your history. You are who God says you are. What are you believing about yourself? And he says this, and the servant was healed at that moment. Now that's the part that had always confused me. Because my moments seemed to not come all the time. I believed. I just, I just didn't have all of the suddenlies every time. And then I realized something. Sometimes you just got to stare at the Bible until the Holy Spirit just begins to answer your questions. And I looked at this and I, I asked this question. Where was the centurion? He is with Jesus. Wait. Earlier, it said his servant was at home. The servant was healed at that moment. That's powerful. But the centurion didn't know. 
Now watch this tension. Let it be just as you believed it to be. The servant was healed, but he did not know. So he had to walk all the way home. Think, can you imagine what he was thinking? I should have I should have let Jesus come to the house. Right? He told him, he's like, go and man, just say the word. Jesus says, all right, let it be just as you believe. You just put it in my court? Jesus, I came to you. He says, let it be just as you believed it to be. And all the way home, and I just try to think about, like, the, the doubts that he must have thought. Just the confusion that he had, like, I, I understand kingdom. I understand this guy's the real deal. And he said it would be just that I believe. I do believe. It's a long walk home. And what? There's no modern technology. All right? Jesus didn't say, let it be just as you believe. And he's like, hey, Siri, FaceTime servant number three. Oh, I'm actually FaceTime someone. I don't have servants. I just, it, Siri popped in. It called you, Mom. I, I, FaceTime. He didn't just call up to check on the status. He had to take a word and he had to walk on it and walk with it. I'm going to tell you this. I felt the Holy Spirit speak this so clearly to me is that many of you in this room, you know, you know God's real. You know that he's promised stuff to you. But you've been in the journey and you're just wondering, when's my moment? When's my immediately? When's my suddenly? And this is my encouragement. I wish you could say, like, come up here and get it. It'll be here by three. But this is my encouragement. Will you take that word and will you walk with it? Come hell or high water, will you walk with it? Come disappointment, come opposition, come anything that may. I'm going to walk with, let, th- let it be said of Ocean's Church that we walked with the word. Let it be said of you and your family that you walked with the word. Well, I need healing. I've been praying for 12 years. So did the woman with the issue of blood. The only moment we hear about is when she got healed. She suffered for 12 years. See, we never teach the suffering. We never teach the journey. We celebrate the moment and the healing, but each person is stuck within their own journey. And I believe this, there's people in this tent right now, and you have been in the process, in the tension, even some of you away from God, and you're just thinking, man, I got disappointed. I was promised a moment, and all I got was a battle. But I'm gonna tell you this, if you can stir your faith, and you can latch on to the word. Okay, I gotta give you something else. This is crazy. This is crazy. We always think that the moment is the reward. Can I show you something else? Mark said to take my time. It's his fault. We read this. John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the, the word. So Jesus is the word. That's interesting. So walking with the word, Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of faith. It says some people died without seeing the promise. Was it a failure? Oh. Do we believe in miracles happening now? Absolutely. But I'm going to tell you this. Miracles are not our reward. That's a part of your kingdom inheritance, but it's not your reward. The reward is the king. I'm going to show it to you. The The reward is the word. The reward is him. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be, see, they didn't teach me that part. I thought when I said yes to Christianity, no more waters. But it says, when you pass, there's going to be trouble. We want to have the greatest revival in America or in history. Do you know how bad things are going to have to get for us to have a great awakening that's bigger than other great awakenings? We want the miracle, but we don't want the problem. Friends, if you want to see a revival, there has to be some opposition. And when the opposition increases, it's a prophetic indicator that opportunity is on its way. I would say we're primed and we're ready for a move of God, for a revival, for an awakening to sweep this nation and sweep this world. When the pressure comes, the breakthrough is coming. Break.
breakthrough happens at the point of greatest tension. You can stand up with me. I'm about to be done. Breakthrough happens at the point of greatest tension. If I was going to bring something up, a break it. It doesn't break in a relaxed state. It breaks at the most tense place. Things are tense. Your breakthrough is close. Feeling some tension? Your breakthrough is close. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, so there will be fire. But you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. I feel the power of God. I feel the power. I feel like God wants to break something loose in your heart. That, that maybe you've been running after moments, and running after miracles, and, and maybe you just need to say, God, I just trust you with your word. You know, a lot of people, I'll give you one last thought as you're standing, we're close. A lot of people bank on the compassion of Jesus in order to receive something from him. And we love the compassion. Jesus was moved. Whenever Jesus was moved with, compa with compassion, miracles showed up. Powerful. Whenever he was moved with compassion, there was miracles. Well, I'm going to tell you this. If you know the word of the king, you don't need compassion because it's law. So this changes the way you pray. Do you know that Jesus never asked for one miracle? You can't find it anywhere. He only told people, be healed. He, he was king Jesus, so he had authority there was a new law and a new kingdom. So he didn't say, Lord, if it's your will, maybe, possibly, if you can. That was, Jesus just said, oh yeah, be healed. Let it be as you believe. Go ahead. Yeah, because if you, all you have to do, this is not about vending machine Jesus try to get a miracle. This is about knowing the word of the king. You know what I would do if I were you? I would search my Bible. I would search history for every word that God's spoken over California. I would search the word of God for every word that he speaks over your family, over your kids, over your over household salvations. And everywhere that the enemy has tried to invade, I'd put a word on it. Just put a word on it. Put a word. That's all you need. You don't have to ask if you have a word. If you've got a word, you have authority. You start declaring, my home will be saved. Our city will be saved. Our family will be saved. You've got authority wherever you have a word. Come on. I want to close. I feel the power of God. I want just... If we could just sing a chorus, I, I just want to just lift up the name of Jesus just for a second. And I got a couple things I want people I want to pray for before we dismiss. But I, 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 I just want us just to lift up the name of Jesus for a second. We're just going to allow that faith level to rise. Who's going to be with you? He's going to be with you. Who's our focus? He's our focus. It's King Jesus. You get miracles just by being connected to the King. But you don't have to run after a miracle. You run after Jesus. You run after the who. You run after who he is. And let that presence fill your heart and your soul right now. Come on, let's just worship for a moment.
love you. We love you. I feel the, I feel the presence of God. So you say, well, that's, man, that's weird you feel the presence of God. This is the cool thing about the presence of God. Your presence is here because you're here. My presence is here because I'm here. But God's presence is here because he's here. The presence of God is in these tents right now. And I'm telling you, some of you are so close to your breakthrough. My heart was just heavy this morning. I was, I was praying because I felt like some people were going to be in this service specifically. That you were just, 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 you felt the weight of what you're going through. Even close to breaking. You're not going to break. You're going to break through. I'm telling you, this is a word for you. You're not going to break. You're going to break through. Some of you, some of you know Pastor Benny, and so you, you'll get this. But I woke up at 1:51 a.m. this morning, and I was going to the, I was going to the restroom at 1:51 a.m. and I was praying for y'all, and I'm like, man, Lord, that's so crazy. Oh, Pastor Benny always gets like these times, and he's got like a scripture connected to it, and God's like speaking to him, and uh, he, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, when should you have the boldness to ask? And I was like, well, I really don't like being woke up in the night. That's probably primary number one. One, it was 151. And I'm like, I don't even know a scripture that connects to 151. So I went back to bed and I was laying there. And I was thinking about Psalm 51. This is creating me a clean heart. This is the prayer that David prayed after he had just committed sin with Bathsheba. And you know what the Holy Spirit told me? He told me that somebody was going to be in here today that was feeling so beat down because of a mistake that you had made. And I felt the Lord told me to tell you that David was called a man after God's own heart. And whatever mistake it's been, it will not disqualify you. And it does not discredit you. But God's hands on you. And God's going to raise you up. And God's going to create in you a clean heart and a pure heart and restore a right heart within you and restore to you the joy of your salvation. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to call you out. But I want you to know if that connects with you. I want you just to take it into your heart, to your life. There's a, there's a blonde lady. you got sunglasses on. You're right, like two rows back in this section. You just looked over to your friend. The power of God's been on you all service. I want you to know this. Your breakthrough, your breakthrough is coming. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit told me to tell you this, that he knows your name, your first name, your, and this sounds so crazy, crazy, but your maiden name, your last name, and he sees you and knows you. And I, saw, I heard the Lord say, God is bringing restoration in areas where the enemy has told you that there is no way. The Lord's giving you a word today to walk out. We walk it out in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, we need the word of the Lord. In the midst of seeing all kinds of craziness, we need a word of the Lord. There was a young man. I, I, I'm going to see where I can see. There you are. You're on the end right here. you got a black hat, black hoodie. Brother, God's hands on you. And the, the Lord told me to tell you that you are uniquely gifted for a unique assignment. And I, I just heard the Lord say that there's been sometimes contention in you like, is this the thing God's called me to? Maybe even, I don't know what it is or what you're doing or what you're aiming towards. I can't hear you yelling something, but... Infantry, infantry. You're in the service. Yeah, yeah. God has uniquely gifted you for a unique assignment. And I heard the Holy Spirit just say, to stop kicking, this is in love, to stop kicking against the places that He's called you. Because the places He's called you are opportunities for influence. Now I'm telling you, I feel this over the next six months, that there is going to be, it's going to be like periodic promotions that God's just gonna open doors of influence. And you're gonna know that God's opening those doors, not for you to be great, but for you to have influence and for you to share the gospel, the good news and what God's done in your life. So Lord, I pray you touch my brother in the name of Jesus from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Lord, the power of your Holy Spirit, touch him now. Lord, like you touched me when I was 16. Lord, touch him now in the name of Jesus. Let him never be the same again. In the name of Jesus. I, I want to just do this. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment? I felt this so strong for this service. Is that there were some people that were far from God. Maybe you've walked away from God. Maybe you turned your back on Him. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. I'm going to tell you this. Your yes to Jesus makes you 
a part of his kingdom. How hard is it? It's really easy. It's yes. It's a yes. I felt in my, in my heart I, when I was praying like this heaviness for this service of just people, you just, been, you just felt like a little bit lost and you need to come back to Jesus. And the first part of this passage, it says the centurion who was wealthy, who was affluent, had influence, went to Jesus and said, I, I need your help. Friends, that humility is all you need. The humility to ask him, this higher power, this ultimate authority, this king, to come into your life. And if you're saying, I'm far from God, I want to say yes to Jesus. I've never said yes to Jesus. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm not going to embarrass you. All I want you to do is just, would you just slip up your hand between me, you, and the Lord? Say, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I'm going to count to three. I want you just to put your hands up all across this place. One, hands already going up. Two, hands going up. Three, I'm coming back or giving my life to Jesus. Come on, it's one, two, three, four. My brother, we had the word over. I'm proud of you. Five. There's six, I think, in the back there. Anybody else? Anybody else? I'm coming back to Jesus or I'm giving my life to Him. If you got your hands up, you can put your hands down. Ocean Church, can we just pray together? Can we just pray this out loud together? Everybody together, especially if you lifted your hands. Lord Jesus, come on, say it out loud. Lord Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. You're the King of my heart. And today... I give you my life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, Oceans, can we thank God for all these people that just said yes? Come on. Hey, God's moving. Thank you. I'm going to hand this over to Pastor Mark. I want to say one thing, Pastor Mark and Rochelle. I was praying this morning that the Lord took me to, to Psalm, I think it's 95, but it says the sea is the Lord's. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just, just slapped me with it. He said, the ocean is the Lord. I just want to say, God's proud of both of you, how you stewarded this movement. But this church was always His, and it will be His, and He'll continue to work in it. The ocean is the Lord's. So I saw the Lord bringing great favor from three different directions. It was like God was bringing reinforcements. The fight was waging so hot, so heavy. God was doing so much. He said, you need more people. So I saw people even moving states in a moment of time where people are moving out of California. I saw people beginning to move in specifically to this area. I saw men and women that were willing to hold your arms up. I saw people even financially saying, we are going to support this church and this effort. I saw people specifically just with strong anointing to pray. I saw prayer warriors being gathered to this house and the prayer efforts were going to continue to increase and even begin to go around the world. I saw a prayer curriculum being written out of this house of how to teach churches how to pray. I saw churches being activated in prayer by what's happening in this house. Lord, so we speak a blessing over Pastor Mark and Rochelle, over the staff of Oceans Church, over these beautiful people, all the people even watching online that are part of this community. And we say, Lord, activate the supernatural in us. I declare supernatural multiplication. Let salvation spring up from the ground. Lord, I pray more tents, more buildings, Lord, more spaces because souls are coming into the kingdom. Lord, we declare it now and we believe it and let it be as we have believed it to be. Revival in California in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, thank Dustin for us today. Come on, we do better than that. Come on, give God a good hand clap today. Mighty God. Yeah. Such a sweet presence. What a great word and atmosphere. We'll have you out of here in just a minute. Two things real quick. If uh, you're here today and you're watching online, you prayed that prayer, there's something about making a public declaration. But Jesus said, if you will publicly declare me, I'll publicly declare you when you enter into heaven. So if you're watching online and you want to give your life to the Lord, just write heart, H-E-A-R-T. Even if you're watching this three weeks, three months, three years from now, public declaration, heart. And secondly, I just felt like we believe that whenever the gospel is preached, not only does God speak, testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. 
but we believe that his, his name always carries with it power to heal. And I know we pray, but just real quick, touch point real quick. If you need a miracle in your physical body, I want to pray for you today. Real quick, we'll be out of here like, like probably two minutes. You need to be healed in your body. You need a miracle physically, mentally. Someone has an issue with blood. I, I, I saw the word hypoglycemic earlier, and I believe that God's even healing someone today. If you would believe, I believe that God will meet you at your expectation. How many believe there's something that God can heal today in your life? Just lift your hands and that's you. We're going to pray a quick prayer. Keep it up. Keep it up. We, we, we believe in praying for each other. We'll be out of here in just a minute. Someone's hands up next to you. You need a miracle. You need to touch your body. Something physical, mental, spiritual. Lift your hands. We are a praying church. I would make sure every day, everyone today that has their hand up next to you. If you could, there's a couple over here. Uh, make sure everyone that has their hands up in the back has someone praying for. Put your hand on their shoulder. And let's pray this prayer in agreement. The Bible says we ask in his name. Two of us would agree we would have what we ask. So Lord, with our hands on them, you said in Mark 16, that we would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. So right now, Oceans, pray this prayer. Say, in Jesus' name, we believe your word. You said you send it and you bring healing with it. So from the top of their head, bottom of their feet, every cell, organ, muscle, ligament, neurological pathway, you can heal anything. Liberate, break chains, heal bodies, and get all the glory. We thank you for it now. In Jesus Christ's name, let this be my moment. In Jesus' name. If you believe it in faith, come on, give him a 10-second hand clap and a shout. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.